All right, good morning, guys. If you guys want to start to take your way, make your way to your seats, it's time for church. All right, good morning, good morning. Good morning to everyone who is watching at home. If you are new or it's your first time tuning in, we would love to give you a proper welcome. So if you want to leave your name and where you're watching from, we, I will personally jump in and say hi to you and greet you. Um, so today is the very first day, our very first Sunday of February, and we're super excited about that. And I know that February usually reminds people of Valentine's Day, and like that's kind of a mixed crowd, but I think it's something really cool but there is a month in which your focus all of a sudden becomes love and unity. Um, I think that there's kind of a really beautiful invitation for us in this season to just begin to posture our heart towards our God who is love personified. And so this morning, I'd love for you to just start off this service in the posture of lovedness. Just think of yourself as beloved, as Josh says, just put your inner critic to the side, like the part of you that says like you're not lovable and will remind you of the things that you do that aren't lovable. Just put it to the side for the next two hours. We're just going to sit in the presence of God this morning, who is love, who loves us, who considers us to be his beloved. And so if you will with me, just take a deep breath. And exhale. the Father smiling down upon you and having delight. Make your worship this morning a response to that. So if you would with me, I'm going to read the psalm for this morning. And if you would stand in adoration, we're going to, I'll read it. So it says, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. For he is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcast of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden, and he casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the animals their food and to the young ravens when they cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the speed of the runner, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. And so God, we just thank you this morning that your love isn't a competition of which one of us can be best and most shiny care about the speed or the horses, you just care about a heart that respects and honors you. 
And God, we thank you for being a God that cares about the brokenhearted and the downtrodden and the marginalized and the hungry and the poor and the anxious and the depressed and the overworked. We just thank you, God, that you are a God that sees. That you count the very hairs on our head, that you name the stars, that you are a God that pays attention to detail. So God, this morning, we just want to sit in the light of your presence. We just want to stand and sing because you are good and you are worthy of praise. And so Lord, I just pray for everyone who is under the sound of my voice, Lord, bring peace to their minds. Them to set aside the crazy bits of their week and just to be fully, just fully in tuned with you, God. Just fully aligned with you, God. Hush all the other voices, may their kids be attentive, whatever distractions that you need, God, that they may hear you. Just begin to work those out. And God, we love you, and it is a joy to be in your presence this morning. Son's name we pray. Amen. Join me for prayers of the people. You may wonder why do we do this. Uh, as we've been worshiping this morning in song, uh, we can catch ourselves saying the word I a lot. And this allows us to step into the we and the others who are dealing with things we don't have to deal with. Um, you see pictures that scroll across the screen that tell church and for the world. Grant, almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, bless all those lives whose, whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, we commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in the eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
It's like super quiet in here right now. It's like a chill um, service. And I think that's great. I love that environment. But somebody just say hey to me. Thanks. Appreciate it. I really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to say hey to me this morning. It, it means a lot. Um, just want to confess something really quickly. Yesterday, I'm a coach at a girls softball league. And I evaluated around 35 10-year-old girls, probably unfairly. Um, and then I had a draft with three other adult grown men for 35 10-year-old girls, and I was highly into it. Secretly and quietly competitive, and I think I have the team to prove it. And so, Jesus, forgive me, but also let us win this season. Amen? It's a good team. So, All right, so really quickly, if you're a first-timer, thanks for being here. We love that you're here. If you're a not first-timer, we love that you're here. I just want to kind of prepare the way for you as I share of the presence of God in the room and the invitations that he is continually inviting us into. There's this thing I'm going to talk about in a moment, and it's built around this idea from practicing the ways, conversation around stage theory, and it's called three ways, and it's a way to map how you've grown or progressed in your Christianity. And the first stage, it's actually a pre-stage, is called awakening. And awakening is the moment when our reality of understanding that God is pursuing us becomes real. And that looks so different for each of us. Like each of us has a story about a moment when God permeated our lives to where we could come to the knowledge of him. Some of us have been in rooms with other Christians for years and still can't really navigate that kind of conversation. I just want you to have peace as we start to talk today. Today's important for so many reasons. We've stepped into what we're calling equipping the saints. But how do we get here? So RCC is about six plus years old. We've been around, we've been here, we've been other places. We met at the square for a bit, a friend of mine's church. When we first planted, we met in Marietta Square for a little bit, a friend of mine's church. We lucked into and prayed into and Leslie helped us cover the ground to get into this space and in the table. And through that time, it's like God has done different things in different seasons. God has brought different people, God has sent people, God has always blessed us. He's always been really faithful to River City. It's as if he cares for each of our needs, even in the pain, even in the growth moments. I was having a conversation with Mariah this week, who is, um, she's one of my favorite staff members. She's one of them. There's, I rank them. Just kidding. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. She, we were, having a, we were having a conversation about stepping into this, because I've been so excited about this day, because this has been on my heart for over six months, when I knew that God was speaking to me about where to head next for our church. And so there's a way I wanted to kind of pan this and, and, and talk about it, and it was that when we started, you know, it was almost like we had the cart before the horse. We wanted to create space, and we wanted to live in love, and we're just going to be friends with everybody. This is going to be beautiful, right? And then somewhere along the way, I noticed, well, God is asking us to be a deeper people. Like, he's, it's good that we want to share communion and invite anyone to our table, but at some point, we have to step into the deeper things of God. We have to become children of God who are being formed, and we can point to it. And she was like, you don't have to share it in a negative tone. You can just talk about it as, as if to RCC is a disciple. And in our growth, it's like we're being discipled. And I kind of feel like where we are as a church right now is a little bit like 
when you start kindergarten and you're like, oh, there's a lot to learn. But we want to learn, you know? It feels like he's given us clarity of mind about where to head. So this time, about six months ago, God began to share, to my, share with my heart about what he wanted to do, and it was by taking me back to the beginning of the pandemic. And he asked me a question that was, if you could go back to the beginning of that time, what would you do? And it was clear instantly to me that I would take who he's given us now and begin to pour into those people and invest those people. So it would look less like pouring into gatherings and more like pouring into specific people. I I believe this to be the work of a pastoral staff, specifically a pastor. This is the work that we are called to, to not just make gatherings amazing, to not just make it super communal, because it's gonna, that's going to be better at a coffee house, right? Like, they're just better at that. To not just make it super energetic and uh, super performance, because Fox Theater's better at that, right? So what is it about us? And it's this idea of a collection of people pursuing Jesus in such a resolve that the only, only the things of Jesus begin to permeate that community. That's what this world needs. That's what... We're asking each of you to step into this year. And so one of the questions we asked our staff a while back was, where do we kind of feel like we are? Who are we as RCC? And Bill, you can pull this one up. I think I'm going in the right direction here. From the staff, we felt like if we were to say, who, who is RCC? We're discipleship. We're a community of depth. We are a spiritual formation group. We love encouragement and empowerment. This is like a place of healing. This was a very common thing, that RCC is a lot like a hospital, that we seem to receive people who are broken, that need to be healed, and a lot of times from previous church hurts. Not that we're, believe me, we have done our share of hurts with people. We're a church with people. But we receive a lot of people that need healing, and God has somehow set up a scenario where people can receive some type of healing. We're creative. We got some creative people up in this place. Really creative. God's blessed us with a table, which is a specific gift from God for our city. We, we're restorative people, and we're a eucharismatic people, which is a phrase that's, that I've been trying to speak to for a while, but Alita, a friend of mine, kind of showed me this. We, we're eucharistic. We are contemplative. We like the, the deeper things of God. We like the spiritual disciplines. We're also celebratory. We like the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And somehow those things can go together without being like oil and water, right? So we're also, I don't remember putting on there that we're all strong leaders, but I'm gonna gonna go with that at this point. We're all, we have strong leaders. Aside from me, they're amazing. Just kidding. And so, so this emphasis comes from the book of Ephesians. So when I started to hear that he wanted us to begin to equip the saints, the passage was clear. It was from chapter four. And we actually have been praying through this for about six months. But this is the specific text. It says, the gifts, we, the gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. I love, Jordan, that when you sang that last part, you took it from the I language to the we language. 
And I don't know if you understand, especially in Western culture, how important it is for Christians to begin to sing we language. We are on such a path towards individualism. Even our spirituality can be completely our own, but God is always drawing us into what it means to become the body of Christ. And we do that together. It's always us, it's never I. It's always us, it's never I. So when I hear the language, especially from these deeply moving songs shift from the I to the we, I sense this, this heart leaping within me for the things of God, right? To take us from the space that we do Christianity on our own to do what the book of Ephesians was calling us to do, which is what we're actually gonna start with. We're gonna start in chapter one and travel all the way through to chapter five. This is a book we've focused on for so long. When I was a youth pastor, we did so much around this. And the reason is simple for me. There's a lot of books that were written that were to address some type of error or some type of flaw that the community, you read through the Corinthian church and the, the letters that he wrote, wrote that community were because of basic issues that Christians were struggling with. So he was like, Paul was like, listen, we, got, we have to talk about this. We gotta stop it. This one was like, I see these things, these heretical, these flaws, this some things that need to be addressed, but we're gonna rise above that. We're not gonna just talk about something that we're not gonna do. This letter to me has always struck a chord with my heart because he rises above the smoke and he speaks to the heart of what it means to embody the gospel. This is a message to a church and who they'll become. This is a message about what God is doing, whether the church becomes it or not. This is a message to paint a picture of what will happen and he raises above all of the, we can't do this, I'm so done with myself speaking truth to the Christian church powers in my past. How many churches are planted on what we don't wanna be? How many visions start with we're not gonna be that but we'll be this? He's like, no, just step into what it means to carry the gospel, to be a people of the gospel, to be a Jesus people. This is the message we carry. If we live against for the rest of our lives, we're not really embodying the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is so much more beautiful than not. not. It is an and yes, hallelujah. Can I get an amen? amen in God's temple? Amen, that's us. And so when I read you this, I'm gonna start in chapter one. You'll note, hopefully, that this community is along, like they're in their journey. And, and one of the things that's being celebrated is somewhere I believe God's leading us in that there's a robust love for Jesus present. You even hear him say, I thank God for this. This collective, robust love for Jesus. And then some of the things that are mentioned here seem almost like they can't come true in church culture today, but they can. And how do I know that they can? Because God is going to do it. We get to be a part. So follow along with me, Ephesians chapter one. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as he chose us, just as he chose us, in Christ before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us 
in the beloved, in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. You get the picture, right? All of these things are connected to who? To who? Like, I mean, if you're ever in church and somebody asks that question, I think the, the, just the safe answer is just, just say Jesus. My kids do it all the time. How many books are in the Bible? No, Jesus. Oh, God, that's a deeper way to look at it. Thank you. Hallelujah. In him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and insight. He has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. To gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, in Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope in Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. And all my Pentecostal friends are like, yes! <laughs> this is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. I'm gonna read that. Just go back once. I'm sorry, Bill. I pray that the God of our Father... God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. I have heard, is that, we can go, go forward, I'm sorry, I'm gonna read it again. That's the third time, it's like, he's really emphasizing this point. <laughs> so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power? God put this work, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in his, this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Close your eyes with me if you're cool with that. If you're not, repent. Just kidding. Jesus, we don't want to be the Ephesian church. We want to be the church in Smyrna, Georgia. And we trust you just like they trusted you. That we're on a journey and the individuals comprise the collectiveness. We need you to unite us in ways that don't even seem possible. But that only happens when we all choose that Jesus is the focus of all of it. Because in him is everything. The connection to this historical drivenness, this historical story that we somehow step into in 2021. 
We've already been in it. Some of us don't even know it. You've been wooing us and drawing us and speaking to us and showing us how we're your beloved and hoping that we'll fall in love with a community that is a broken, disturbing, uncomfortable place because through this, we embody your message. You're not asking for Jedi to be sent all over the world who have embodied all of this on our own. We actually repent for when we do that because we create scenarios where people can't follow. You haven't called us to be the answer for everything. You've called us to need one another so deeply that you are seen in it. (laughs) I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful I don't have to be more than I have to be. And I'm thankful for each person online or even here that they don't have to be more than they have to be. A submitted vessel to be filled by God for the use of his work and service. And my heart leaps with joy to hear that. Because I see people in this room that don't see it yet. I see people that don't even understand who they are in Christ two years from now walking fully in that. And I see people following along because in their anger they do not sin against their neighbor. I see people following along because even though you've gifted them, they don't use that gift for themselves. I see the body growing from foundations. I see our children seeing discipleship, not just leadership. I see our children seeing community, not just cathedral. I see our kids becoming the next agents of the Lord in his army, but this army looks different. It's not here to destroy. I see our kids embodying what it means to be a messenger of the gospel that looks a lot like the Beatitudes. It looks a lot like the kingdom is yours if you are poor in spirit. Not married to possessions, not married to passionate drives, not married to being sedated. I pray this, Jesus. Let this be a church that helps the Spirit mark us in those ways, not just in the ways we ask the Spirit to mark us. Help us to be a church that embodies worship with our lives, not just with our voices. Help us to be a church that openly confesses and repents because what is more beautiful than being filled by God who is ready to meet us in our brokenness and repentance? Help us to be nothing more than you've called us to be. To be second, third place in relation to churches in our city if we have to be. Because who cares if we're following you? Thank you, Jesus, for these opportunities. In your name we pray. Amen. I wasn't really planning on praying that, so I'm a little lost at this point. You're going to have to forgive me. But I want to just share a couple things about this chapter. This is God saying to this group of people. So there's some books written about what you can become. This book is about what God is going to do and has already done. So I'm just going to share with you a couple things. This is about what He's doing. So everybody say, what's he doing? He is choosing, and he's doing it before the foundations of the world. He is blessing with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. This does not mean that you have to figure it all out. This is being done. He is adopting 
in and through Christ. He is empowering people to live for the praise of his glory. Most of us don't even know what that means. He is redeeming through the blood, forgiving trespasses. He is empowering to live by the word of truth. He is marking by the Holy Spirit. These are certainties that are happening. Does this make sense? This is something that is happening, whether you step into it or not. This is what he is bringing to the table. One of our staff members last week was like, it seems like God does all the hard work and we get to just step into it. In the right mindset connected to Christ, that's one of the realities I believe we step into. The realization as we are connected to Jesus that these things are done and something that we provide to the equation doesn't make any of these things happen. These are given. These are the things that he's doing. This isn't about get your stuff together. Gosh, you're the chosen. Be, live by the word. This is the gift he's giving us, right? So three things come from this that we can know. You can go to the next slide. We can know this. And I'm going to say it and you're going to repeat it. But you're not going to repeat it in, God is good. You're going to repeat it like you're singing happy birthday to your long lost something that just came into town. When I say God is good, you're going to make it sound so much louder than I say it. God is good. good. We'll try again because that was terrible. (laughs) I love you though. God is good. God has a plan. Winner. God will bring righteousness and shalom. These are what he promised. You don't have to repeat that. These are what he promises to us. If you look here, there's three stanzas that talk about what God is doing and what he will do. And then there's one about what does that look like for us in our lives? What does it look like to start to be a part of this ongoing plan? All of us, because of this, have the capacity for the presence of God. Can you just humor me for a second? Right? I know that we have a church that has some very charismatic people and some very liturgical people. I know that we have a church that is triggered because we're all humans. I know when I say things like Holy Spirit without saying the first, it's like, oh, they must be from there. I know when I say the Holy Spirit, some people are like, oh, they must be from there. Let's just set aside that for a moment, right? Every Christian who has been invited into the family of God and then has the knowledge of it has access to the presence of God. This is a promise. This is a truth. This is a certainty. Some of you I can already tell are like, well, that's not how it works for me. Put your cynic over here. Just be like, cynic, you've really helped me in a lot of ways that I don't understand yet. Actually, you haven't really helped me ever. (laughs) I'm just going to put you over here because I've got the cynic. I've got the cynic. Put him over here. Her over here, him over here. I don't know what gender the cynic is, but it's going to be over here. And now we say we have access to the presence of God. Does that now mean that I get to yield and wield God however I want and say, I get that building and I get this car and I get this spouse? No, that's not what that means. When you have access to the presence of God, then you have access to this eternal picture that's set in place, the wisdom and revelation of who he is. This is something that you're stepping into. You are not. You are not the doctorate in this. 
You are someone who is coming along in 2021 who is beginning to get a revelation of what it means to be a follower. And, And your entry point and my entry point, it is got to be humility. And if it's anything else, if you are the master's course in this at the start, you are off. You come in as a learner because learners can love people. Tricked you. Learn. How bad is it to be a learner? How bad is it to be like, I don't know all there is to know about God. There are many rooms in my father's mansion. I've been in maybe two. The other rooms are great. You don't know what they all are. You haven't capitalized on everything. What if there's wonder involved in this? What if when we're talking about the presence of God, there's wonder involved and you're like, oh, wow, I had no idea you cared so much about this and now you're including me in it. Oh, wow, I didn't know that I could experience what it feels like to feel my own emotions. I'm speaking from my own perspective at this point, which was last year what he did for me. He allowed me to go from a place where I told my counselor, I don't have emotions, to being like, actually, I have more than everybody. And I cry at weird stuff. <laughs> no big deal. I started crying yesterday for something. I was hiding it from everybody. But just, can I just be honest? That's like what happens with me at this point. I'm listening to a song. I'm crying. No, I was in. I was in the sanctuary last night, and the song um, "Voice of God" came on again, and I was like, "Done, done." I imagine myself in the, as the singer of that song, as I do in all good songs. <laughs> and this is truth. And as I'm singing it in my head. I start crying. I'm like, am I, and I thought, am I crying because I'm such a good singer? Because I'm this guy? Or, and it was, no, I felt like God was like, no. Like, you are figuring out what it means to live in this vibrant connection with me. And I'm loving it. I've told somebody last week, I don't want him to take away what he's been giving me because I'm not agitated as quickly. I'm definitely not as cynical. And I'm kind of like anticipating God to be good. I'm kind of anticipating that God is good and not just upset. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. So, the entry point for this, some people would call salvation, right? I talked about it a minute ago. That moment of awakening, which is blurry, and if anybody's ever said it looks exactly like this, they're just lying, because for some people, it takes a season. For others, it takes healing to even be receptive to God again. For others, it's a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, a literal angel just landed in my bedroom, and I received the Holy Spirit and all of this stuff, and you are a follower of Jesus. But at some point, you step in and you begin to realize, this is more than just understanding this book. This is an active interplay with Josh, community, spirit, word, and I'm invited into the rest of my life being that kind of thing, where you're not just kind of jumping from one thing to another, or church service to life group, where it's, there's a good phrase for it, I just can't, the vibrant now, have anybody ever heard that? Have I ever said that? I think I just made it up. It's probably a book. You're going to look at a book written by this awesome author. The vibrant now. What if every moment of every day is so robust with being present, right? 2020 for me was, I actually wrote down in my story, enter 2020, and I felt like it was like, but I felt like I wanted to say enter the dragon because when a dragon is present, you're present. Like if a dragon walks into this room, everybody's like, I know exactly where the dragon is. It's over there. 2020 was like that. It was like, we're not jumping ahead. We're going to be right here. And right here in the year of the dragon, as some might call it from this point forth, because of my statement, 
in the year of the dragon, God allowed us to be so present that we could hear what he was saying, right? He allowed the things to surface in each of our lives where we couldn't then avoid the dragons in the room. There's a dragon breathing fire. What do I do with it? I'm not going to go hide behind working out for four months because the gyms were closed unless you were Orange Theory and then they just got everybody in the world to join. No big deal. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm jumping. So the goal for us, and I'm going I'm to wrap this up. I, I say that and I'm lying. <laughs> it's going to take a little more than just wrapping it up. The goal for us is to know Christ better. To not be better Christ followers... It's a very big difference in you becoming a better Christ follower and you knowing Christ better. There's no one in my life that I don't know better that I don't spend actual time with. Actual. So for me to even know my wife, who after lots of years being married, I know the year and the exact exact amount of years I know them in my head. I'm making sure that you do. How much is it just for you to make sure? Do you remember? 16. We think it's 16. (laughs) There's things I'm still learning about Sarah 16 years into marriage. I had no idea. Year one was like, we know everything. We didn't know nothing. Right? With Jesus. It's so hard for most of us to find the time or even find the right lens to even approach the space of thinking, I can be present with God in, in my everyday And it not be a space about me performing to check something off to be a good Christian. That's where the rhythm is. The rhythm is, the dragon in the room is, all of this is about your connection as a community to me. And you can't do it without community. It is impossible for that to happen with Christian growth. I know there was people that were in a prison in a different country and they were in the bottom of a porta potty and they got the scriptures. Now we've all heard those stories. God works in miraculous ways, but you can know for sure that his intention is that the body of Christ is robust and alive and that the giftedness comes from different people and it's not one person centric. This is the goal. It's never for you to get just lost in worship with him in your living room. That's not the goal. If that's the goal that you heard, you heard the wrong goal. This is about the body of Christ. Embodying Him in our cities and in our homes. I want that so bad. I don't necessarily know that I know a lot of people who know how to live in that rhythm. Right? I know that if I say a certain kind of thing to you guys or you online, that it's very easy for you to be like, I'm just going to go down the street to another church. Because we live in a culture where we have flavors that suit us. Because we know that you need and I need flavors that suit us. Because it works in American Christianity. So if you get to a spot in a church, and maybe some people are sitting in this room, coming from a church, you probably need to go back to. And be like, he said a thing I didn't like. When I was in Dubai, visiting my brother 10 years ago, right before we planted... You could hear the Muslim call to prayer. And then there was one space in the entire city that the Christians could meet. And there's like 40 churches that met. And you walked into a room, and I knew instantly when I walked into this room that there were, if all of these people were in America, they would all be in different churches. 
But as I walked in, I saw different expressions that would never coexist together. It's the most beautiful church experience I've ever been in. Not even close. Because people were together because of Christ. And some were exuberant and ecstatic. And some were in their suits and ties. And some were just serving, serving, serving. <laughs> we know our different flares, right? They, were, they, they put a song list together that did not go together. It was like, somebody needs to talk to them. <laughs> it was awesome. So awesome because the form didn't matter as much as the community. It was so awesome. Can we have that here? I can tell you this much, at least what I want in our community is to embody the diversity, but to go after Christ together. If he can remain the key ingredient to all, then whether it's the Holy Spirit pressing it on your heart and asking you to repent or asking you to confess to a brother or sister, which is scriptural, or asking you to say sorry for demanding that it look a certain way, or asking me to say, I'm sorry, um, I've just gone through the motions, and now I'm just repeating the song we sung. I want to read you verse 15 through 17. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. My prayer for you is that you would come to know him like you never have before. My prayer for our church is that we would come to know him like we never have before that that would be a common discussion, that we would not go through the motions of just gathering in a room so that when God brings new people or prunes or sins, we know we're connected to the heartbeat of God. And, and, and what, anything can happen in that, in that point. I want to read you a quote. I'm just going to kind of jump around for a moment. You're going to be all right with it. You're, you're going to love it. I think the answer is to be found in verse 17. And this is from my commentaries I read. Uh, There we hear of the goal to come to know Christ better. This, it seems to me, is the true purpose of the church. Not always to get it right or to have a pristine history of always being on the right side of every issue. Rather, the purpose of the church is to be a vehicle that works continually to know and reveal Christ better. In this sense, there is no other vehicle, no other institution like it on earth. This is what allows the church the opportunity to complete Jesus by presenting to the world a model of what it looks like continually to strive to know Christ better. The church has the unique opportunity to complete the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ. That's why it's important that we don't take the bait of trying to be the best coffee house or trying to be the best performance because we're just not good enough at that but we have access to a message that all of these spaces are looking for. And there's, the way we share the message is how we embody it, not what we say. That's awesome. Henry Nouwen says this, every time you listen with great attentiveness to the voice that calls you the beloved, and that's what you are. So everybody look at me. Whether you believe it or not, you are the beloved you are created in the image of God. You are the beloved. Whether you, that makes sense to you or not, or you've caught up to it, that is a truth. You are the beloved. 
you will discover within yourself a desire to hear that voice longer and more deeply. It is like discovering a well in the desert. Once you have touched wet ground, you want to dig deeper. That's so good. Right? Am I right? That's so good. All right. So we're going to do a couple different things. So one of the things that we're going to be doing in the next season is doing some practices together. Today, here are a couple of your practices. We're going to start something called Carabiner Time. This is about celebration. Everybody say celebration. celebration. So many ways to celebrate. One of the ways is by just celebrating people in your life. You're going to hear of that in a minute. Another one, it's my favorite practice right now. It's called practicing the presence. Everybody say practicing the presence. Say it in your Allen Iverson voice. Anybody get that? Raise your hand if anybody get Thank you so much. All right, so here we go. I'm going to read you a long blurb, and we're going to just do a quick prayer, and you're going to love it. You're going to be so digging this. It's going to be great. This is from a book that I've, I would recommend anybody get. It's not the Bible. I'm not a heretic. These are practices that the Christian church has embodied. Many of you do these practices already. You're already doing prayer, all kinds of prayer, worship, uh, solitude. Uh, There's one built around uh, pilgrimage. I almost kind of think we should just pick, just kind of do the thing where you're like hoping to hear from God and you're like, and it's like, and he cut off their heads. And you're like, New Testament. And then you're like, where's Psalms at? Yes. So I wanted wanted y'all to do it where you picked one and it'd be pilgrimage because it's like you got to travel for like a year. So... I would, I would, I would, you do it. My wife would do it. She'd be like, getting away from that guy for a year. All right. Stay with me for one second. Okay. Practicing the presence. Practicing the presence. This is important. I think it's a great entry route into these conversations to be attentive to who God is and what he is and how he's interacting in your life. Here goes. We all live our lives in the presence of God. In fact, we cannot not live our lives in the presence of God. In letters to Malcolm, chiefly on prayer, C.S. Lewis wrote, we may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. Yet we become so preoccupied with the to-do list and so overwhelmed by the pace of life that we forget to look for God's sightings in our days. In her book, The God Hunt, Karen Maine suggests that practicing the presence is like going on a God hunt. It is a way we keep our soul awake to God. And God can jump out to us anytime and all the time to say, Boo, here I am. The question is, are we paying attention? The discipline of practicing the presence is often attached to the 17th century French monk, Brother Lawrence. He longed to maintain an ongoing conversation with God no matter what he was doing. In the practice of the presence of God, he said, I make it my business to rest in Christ. Holy presence, which I keep myself in by habitual, silent, and secret conversation with God. This often causes, me, causes in me joy and raptures inwardly, and sometimes also outwardly. So great that I am forced to use means to moderate them and prevent their appearance to others. That's amazing. I so relate to that. This is the first time I've actually read that quote and thought of it. Like God's doing something and you're like, Don't want people to see this. Move on. All right. Practicing the presence is a way of living into deeper awareness of God's activity in our lives. 
through many small pauses when we begin a habit of turning our heart towards God. Through these acts of attention, we express our intention to live in union with Christ. Before we pick up the phone, we might say, Lord, I am here. Help me listen. As concerns cross our desk, we might hold up the hand and turn the concern over to God before we move on. Breath prayer and the Jesus prayer are other ways of staying present to God in the moment. However, it is important to remember that practicing the presence is more about personal relationship than strategy for all my eights out there. Practicing the presence of Christ is simply a way we love Him and stay connected to Him throughout the day. This is a presence, a practice. I'm going to actually post this on our prayer wall. If you're not on our prayer wall, email someone and tell them. We'll add you to the prayer wall. We'll also put it on our main River City page on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, Dad, I'll send it to you after service. It will be easy to get. There's some things you can do. But I kind of believe that as we start to practice this, we start to get this wisdom and revelation that Ephesians 1 is talking about. It's not something we strive towards in, sense, in the sense of if we do these things, we get these things. It's the sense of we're being, it's like we're walking into a room realizing it's actually a massive mountain. It's that kind of thing. I didn't know it was this accessible. I didn't know that the presence of God and me being in that proximity actually gave me access to things such as peace and faith and joy. And my cynic is like, I'm coming with you. And I'm like, I don't even know. I didn't even have to talk to you. But when I'm here, you're not even there with me. It's like that kind of thing. It's not like you're not coming. It's like, where'd my cynic go? And you're laughing. So I'm going to put these online. But just for a second... If you will, put your hand over your heart. Your heart's going to be somewhere in this part of your body. <laughs> what if this year, God had so much access to you that you didn't care about what, what, what you were going to do next year? What if this year he had so much access that you didn't have anxiety about money? What if this year you experienced peace and joy and it was tangible, like you laughed and cried? These are the things that are offered to us. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm that's brought down here and given to us in the person of Jesus who embodies it and then all of it's built around him. There's no sidestepping this. It's Jesus you want Jesus' things, you got to be a Jesus people. you got to be in the proximity of Jesus. And he is saying to you, I am pursuing you. I am awakening you. I am here. That's good. So, Father, we present ourselves to you, firstly, collectively. And then let that trickle down individually. And just in your mind's eye and in your heart, just notice the invitations and the sense of wooing. You kind of already know how he feels about you. You kind of do and you don't believe it. That's him. And he's on the move. Spirit is hovering over the waters and over our lives, stirring and wooing. And God is good. 
and he has a plan, and he's bringing righteousness and shalom. Can I get an amen? amen. That's good. All right, so I'm going to hand it over to Mariah. Amen. Cool, cool, cool. So this year, we are moving into a new rhythm of things. I feel like God has been highlighting some areas that we've just been really excited about. And so you'll see in our services, we're going to start to reflect this rhythm. And so just to let you in, a little insider scoop, the first Sunday of every month, we're going to call it um, Celebration Sunday. You can see up there. And what we're doing is we're creating space for gratitude. So you'll see things like testimonies. You'll see Caribbean Sundays. Um, you'll see blessing one another. You'll see all sorts of fun things that are all about celebration and affirmation and gratitude. So think of it as like Party Sunday. And then the second Sunday of every month, we're going to do Meditative Sunday. And so maybe that looks like worship going long or prayer time um, or just practicing being in the presence of God and listening to God. And then the third Sunday is going to be Creative Sunday. Super excited about that. And we're going to find new ways to worship God, right? So whether it's music or art or poetry or pottery or all the many things, because we have so many creative people in our church, we're going to find ways to just worship God from those avenues. And then our fourth Sunday is going to be Family Sunday, as it's been. That's when we're going to do communion. That's when we're going to have kids up here. You'll see families represented. And it's just a great way to get to know the and fellowship with your church body more. So just be tuned to that, that every Sunday we'll kind of have something that we're honoring and celebrating. And so today, uh, our first Sunday, we are doing Caribbeaner Sunday. So good. So if you've been here before, if you in the olden days, we used to do something called Caribbeaner Sunday. And the concept is if you're a rock climber, and I'm not a rock climber, so don't come for me, but apparently you would use a carabiner and it would hold you up. It would be like a tool of support. And so we have these little mini carabiners, and what they represent is someone who has supported you in this season. And so what you'll do is you will get out of a carabiner, there's someone here in this bag, have a um, little card and some stuff, and you will publicly bless this person. You will tell us as much as you feel comfortable um, why you are celebrating them and what they've done. And so I'm gonna go first, I have two. Um, try to do just like one each, we only have a couple. But my first carabiner goes to Toyin. You are watching online right now. Um, yeah, I like that. We'll do a little clap action. I love that. Um, you have been such a, I don't know, reflection of peace for me in this season. I'm so grateful for you in the ways that you pray and check in, and you are just such a woman of God, and I admire you so much. And so I thank you, and I just publicly bless you for the woman that you are. Um, this will be for you. I will mail this out. Awesome. And then my second one is uh, for the kids. So Naomi, if you would come up here, this is for you. <laughs> You just have the kindest heart and spirit, and I just see so much of God in you. I love your kindness. Thank you so much for helping me this morning and just your attention to detail. You made my morning so calm, so I so appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Awesome. 
So this will be up here. If you guys want to come and find someone to bless, you'll grab a carabiner, you'll just let us know, and then we'll give them a clap. school situation. <laughs> All right, this one would be for someone I know who is um, an example for hospital um, hospitality for me. Always open their doors, always create a room, always given of her table, her whole family does, always providing space for us to experience the Lord. So this is for Miss Ollie, Yay. Alita. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Uh, mine is for Drew Childers. Um, he, <laughs> clap it up. Um, I haven't known Drew for more than probably a month, but um, he has dove headfirst into the community here and is so like bold and confident, and I'm really thankful to be his friend. He is very selfless and like immediately willing and able to help and jump into all these, you know, a spiritual discipline group, like it is incredible to see, and I'm proud of you. Love you, man. give these to two people, but you have to give me the Skittles back. <laughs> I'm joking, sort of. Um, giving two out to two dudes for basically the same reason. One I've known for a very long time, uh, a very close friend of mine, uh, Brother Jay Boggs, Justin. Uh, and another one I haven't known quite nearly as long, Jay Hamilton, Jordan Bach. <laughs> Both these guys encourage me both in worship. Um, together we get to go places that I haven't been to in a long time. And we've gone to a couple new places, which is fascinating. But uh, specifically, uh, they both have approached me about an area that they thought I needed some work on with the Lord. And uh, they, like, Justin specifically said, I hope I don't make you angry when I say this to you. And I said, you're not making me angry. I appreciate the fact that you would even come talk to me about this. So I feel like I've got brothers in my corner looking out for my growth. So Justin and Jordan. I was going to, yeah. It's already up here, sorry. Um, I gotta get David. This guy, um, man, like, round of applause, please, for this guy. He, your heart, man, is gold, and getting to know you 
in every way I have in such a short period of time has been a true pleasure. And you have filled our friendship already with moments where I realize how attentive you are to the things that I and others say. And it catches me off guard. It's like, whoa, you caught that? Um, with a follow-up phone call or an offer to help in some kind of way with uh, something, a responsibility I had brought up that I have a hard time keeping track of, man, you're like, you're paying close attention. Um, and it means a lot. And it's like, feels like a lot of support. So, Carabino for you. My turn. Um, I would love to give this to you, Miss Bonnie. Um, I absolutely, yeah, just go on and pop it out. I have been meaning to tell you this for weeks and I keep forgetting, but um, here we are. Um, you, every Sunday watching you worship, you just have such a genuine gentleness about you. Uh, when you sing to Jesus, it makes my heart swell. So I love watching you worship. <clears throat> What's up? Uh, this one might be cheating but I'm going to give Drew a second one. Um, this whole season, um, back when we first met, dude, we, uh, I think we, we just became friends instantly, and um, you've been a rock in my life this last four months, five months, six months, um, being willing to pray for me, being willing to just share life and truth into my life. Um, I consider you a, a best friend, and I, I'm thankful for you. Um, I'm thankful for God bringing you up here. It feels so weird that you've only been here a month, and it feels like it's been years. Um, so I love you, and um, I look forward to where our friendship goes and where you get plugged in here and how, you, how God uses you here. So, Drew. Yeah. All right, so I got two. Man, I miss this place. Woo! <laughs> The Lord has uh, moved me to the other side of the world, and uh, I-285 sucks. <laughs> I hate I-285. Um, but, you know, I, I always feel my heart drawn back to here on Sundays. Two people big to me, Miss Bennett and Emily. You know, I can be open with you, right? There's a lot going on in everyone's lives. And being able to like have a family that can adopt you and really just support you and come to you where you are. That's been one of the sermons that stuck with me for so long is meeting you where you are and these people, everybody that I've been introduced to here has been a blessing. So thank you for your constant support.
always am uncomfortable in this area, but um, mine goes to the walkers. Um, I was, for a long time, I was scared of community for taking that step of uncomfortability to, um, like that. Uh, yeah, to kind of open myself up and um, these people really created an environment where um, I, it was just so easy. It was, it was so light to, to have community and to, um, to meet everyone and be encouraged. So I don't know if you want one to share. It, but, <laughs> I, have, I have a couple. I do want to say I feel like I should have a collective one. For everyone that was in Welcome to the Table in the fall, that was awesome, and like that was such a cool and special group. Everyone contributed, and it was also just super encouraging for me and John, too, to be a part of. So that whole group gets one, but specifically, uh, just one friendship out of that group that's been so fun and encouraging in the season, Maddie Mercer. I just wanted to, and it's off to you. Just. I just really enjoy this girl and like her friendship has just been awesome and like a bright spot of the fall and the past couple months. So just want to say I love you girl. Give you a shout out. And then one more. She might hate me for calling her out, but one of my closest friends, Kristen, is here with me today. And I couldn't leave without giving Kristen one. She's earned this for so many reasons. One of my closest friends co-worker, friend, in the last week, the last month, has like been a huge support to me. And I love this girl. Love you. Hi, I'm very new. This is only my second time here. Um, but, this is such a unique opportunity. This I'm actually going to give this to my grandmother. She's in the hospital with COVID. Um, and in the beginning of the pandemic, she thought it would be an awesome opportunity to have church with our whole family over Zoom. And so she was just an incredible influence for all of us, bringing our family together, even though we couldn't physically be together. And now she's been in the hospital for about five weeks, and she's still such a presence and has brought family from Texas um, to Noonan, Georgia. And even though it's not really great circumstances, I've gotten to love on her and we've sang together, played guitar, painted her nails different colors. So um, I'm looking forward to giving this to her this week. Um, and just if you all could keep her in, our, um, in your prayers, God, whatever happens, God's will, I know is just reigning in her life and um, just, for our family to continue to stay close. And thank you all for this opportunity. This is awesome. I wonder if there's enough in this basket. I'm actually giving out five. <laughs> giving out five, if y'all couldn't hear me before. Uh, so this is going to be for David, Drew, Micah, Luke, and Jordan. You guys have been so, I've been so grateful for you guys this season because now I have friends that I can talk about Jesus with that are guys. So I'm very grateful for that. That's all. <laughs>
All right, so I'm going to give this one to the person that drives me the most crazy on the whole planet. This is for my husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, three years ago, he gave up being with his entire family and all of his friends to move here so that I could be closer to my mom. A year ago, he moved from a huge three-story condo into a tiny basement apartment so that huge, I could... But... <laughs> well, we moved from 3,000 square feet into 600, if that gives you an impression, um, with drop ceilings that are at our heads. <laughs> Um, so that I could be with my mom over this last year. Um, this man takes every single day while he's working from home to go and check on my mom three and four times a day. Um, he drives me crazy and we fight and we get on each other's nerves, but his sacrifice in loving her so well has given me peace to be able to function over the last year. And I'm just so thankful for, it, for all the sacrifice. <laughs> for uh, Carolyn Gotti, who has such a heart for the Lord and has led the ladies group on Tuesdays. And I just love her and she has helped me grow in the Lord. Give it to you on Tuesday, Carolyn. You don't have to stop encouraging people here. So um, I'm gonna close it out. And if you'll stand with me. I, I, I'm really proud of our body for the past couple months. Just really proud of it. Um, if you're new, I'd love to meet you after, give you a gift in one of the corners. Christina. If you guys don't know this, this is Christina. Sorry, I got to give one to Bill um, Pinto. Bill, um, because first of all, there's random things that happen, like a film crew will come in, move all our furniture, and I'll see it for one second and think, oh, i got to tell all of staff, and then I'll come back downstairs and Bill's already done it. Or literally every single day, he's like such a resource to me. There's nothing that I've ever asked him that he didn't like go out of his way to help me immediately or make me feel like I was bothering him or getting on his nerves or interrupting him. So this is for you, Bill, our secret agent angel. And yeah, I'm Christina. So you probably received emails from her. She's the administrative assistant, and she's a lot more than that. She's amazing. So God has gifted us uh, with all of you as well. If you will all pray with me. Father, thank you for being present. Help us to be present with you. And as we recognize who to say I love you to or to hug them in COVID protocols or to send a text or a call, let us do that. We thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.